Hey guys, Trey Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talking the Town. <laughs> hey sports fans, Nick Davis here and you're listening to Moving the Chain. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Do not adjust the YouTube channel uh, that you're watching Moving the Chains on. Welcome to another episode of Moving the Chains, brought to you by our friends at topsport.com.au. And of course, the wizardry of Harry Potter uh, is now a new sponsor of uh, Moving the Chains, as Chad Townsend says that. But uh, on tonight's show, we talk about a few extensions uh, in the NFL as we are one month away. That's right, one month away from the. Uh, I guess, resumption of the NFL season and getting underway. I can't wait to go into depth. Some of these matchups in uh, week one are going to be outstanding. Uh, we also talk a little bit about fantasy. We go in depth. We've been getting Copes' fantasy tips uh, every week, but we've got a couple of big drafts coming up, especially on Sunday. I spoke about last week, but our move from the chains one uh, with the fantasy football down under crew is on Sunday afternoon. So I'll be reaching out and getting the boys tips for that. But as I say that, Chad Townsend, uh, you've gone the glasses tonight. Interesting choice. Um, please tell us the, the reasoning behind this uh, at, now that you're in the attic. Are you at uh, Hogwarts? <laughs> well, Sally, I'm just a bit excited, mate. You know, NFL season's one month away, as you mentioned. We've been doing the podcast for, what, three months now in the off-season with, with, you know, limited stuff happening. So the content's now starting to create. I'm thinking, I need to level up my TV game. I need to level up my social game. So how do I do this? So I chuck a pair of glasses on. I'm looking like a proper analyst now. I wouldn't look out of place on ESPN. Uh, is uh, let's is he the white Von Miller uh, when he goes on? So Von Miller he, he plays uh, defense for the Denver Broncos, just rips people's heads off, and then goes on TV and has his glasses on and the old spice hats. Uh, Trent Copeland, how are you, buddy? You're looking a little bit fatigued, if I do say so myself. Oh, thanks. Uh, I know you're busy with stupid coach, but you, you need maybe need the glasses as well, buddy. I've been known to wear my glasses, actually. I just put on a brave face on this show. I pretend that I can see you all, but I really can't. Um, but no, I'm going well, mate. Played golf today. Played shockingly uh, again. But yeah, lots to talk about this week, which is exciting. Yeah, we are one month away. And Dickie, your Raiders, I'll tell you what, they are heating up for a real stinker of a season. I just cannot <laughs> wait. The uh, hype is building. The <laughs> hype yeah, is no, building. I'll tell you what, it's building uh, south very, very quickly. How are you, brother? I'm really good, man. I'm really good. I don't need glasses to be cool. I'm just a smart dude. <laughs> I'm a smart dude. Sure, you, you say whatever you like. All right, boys, <laughs> let's get stuck into it here. Uh, the, the season is one month away, as we said, and everyone's starting to get excited now. I think the reality, what Chad Townsend said uh, in his opener, was that we've been doing this show for three months, and we appreciate everyone's support and the questions that come in week to week from our loyal listeners, all five or six of them. Um, it's been fantastic, but... <laughs> What we've been able to do, boys, is get to know each other and probably uh, lack of knowledge from my point of view, but certainly uh, entertain each other three months out from the NFL season. Chad, can you believe that we're only a month away? It's really starting to heat up now. It's In a way, it's sort of crept up on us a little bit. Yeah, definitely. It always does. It's one thing that um, I think the NFL and American sports do really well is they continue their content in the offseason. You know, we, we talk about you know things like the NBA draft and the NFL draft, which was virtual this offseason. But the, the way they you know build up that hype, there's so much talk about these young prospects. You know, their analysts pre-draft, and then you know we see them entering the buildings, you know, post-draft in their first days and. Um, they do that stuff sort of really well, but, and it, it, it goes fairly quickly. But as you mentioned, one month out, um, you know, and I can't wait. 
Copes, can you believe that we've been doing the show for three months without any content? It's 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 been pretty good. Like it's been fun. Obviously, we've had fun. If you, anyone that follows week to week, we've had a lot of fun. But can you believe that we've done a show for three months with no content? No, I, I really can't. Um, I also can't believe that you actually now could call yourself an NFL expert. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and the Google search has done on Jamie Soward's computer the last three months has been. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. Uh, Nick Davis, of course, um, one month out, mate. It, you do really appreciate, as I said, the three months leading in, but you do really appreciate the work that goes into NFL Network, ESPN, how they still generate. And we probably all learnt by watching those shows how to generate content without actually having any games on. But we are close now. Yeah, I think it's important for... And we've, we've mentioned it a lot on, on both podcasts and we've all sort of big NFL and American sports fans, how well that the players and the media work together. They work hand in hand and they understand that they both need to be on the same page. The players need to get this content out because that's how they get their money, right? By getting good content out. And the, the, the analysts, they respect the players. They understand what they do. They respect what they do. There's no tall poppies there. They call a spade a spade. If you mess up, they give it to you. But uh, they, they work really well and the product that gets dished out is really good. Big thing, two things I'm looking forward to before the season. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, and anyone out there that hasn't watched it, get, get a look at Hard Knocks is coming out, um, starts this week. Uh, it was on my Raiders last year, which was a bit of an eye-opener, but um, Hard Knocks comes out this week, and then a couple of weeks after that, Madden comes out. So two things to keep me uh, ready to go for the next month before week one. Let's get this up on our uh, at Moving the Chains Twitter poll straight away, Chad Townsend. Um, who who is the best Madden player out of out of the four of us? Uh, let's see what the people think straight off the top. I can guarantee right now it won't be Nick Davis. It'll be out of me and Chad Townsend. Copes, I don't even know if you know what an Xbox is, mate. But anyway, um, we'll keep it rolling here, lads. Uh, week one, it gets underway. And we've all been uh, having a look at the, at the week one matchups. Chad, who is your... Let's take away the Cleveland Browns because that's a huge matchup, division matchup against the Ravens. What else caught your eye in terms of week one matchups? Uh, we're obviously getting underway with the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs as Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs in the first game. Yeah, look, I have to pick that one, Salvi. If I have to steer away from that Browns-Ravens week one game, I think it, for me it's the it's the Texans-Chiefs. Obviously, defending Super Bowl champs going against um, the Texans who have made some interesting off-season moves under Bill O'Brien. Obviously, trading away John Day Hopkins, which we're all like, what are you doing? Um, but it's going to be a real test to see where the Texans are at and how... Uh, Deshaun Watson goes without DeAndre Hopkins, you know, without him throwing the ball to him. So, um, obviously, you know, we all expect the defending champs to come out and probably blow them away. But, you know, it's going to be a big week one, that's for sure. The odds are up on topsport.com.au, the sponsors of Moving the Chain podcast. $1.19, Kansas City Chiefs, four seventy. the Texans, uh, minus 10. You'd think that they cover that quite easily in week one when they unveil their, uh, their banner. Copes, what caught your eye? Uh, certainly the new divisional rivals matchup, the one that I'm scared of, in fact, is you just mentioned it there, Chad. DeAndre Hopkins comes in division. We got the Cardinals round one for the 49ers. So that one really caught my eye. But the other one is Bucks Saints. I think that's going to be, you know, Breeze v. Brady. It's going to be that new contest that everyone's going to look out for. I think it's in the Superdome. Correct me if yes. I'm wrong, but yep. yeah. So look, I mean, it's going to be strange with no fans in there or, or limited fans, but I mean, this is the new Brady, the first time we see him in new colours. 
how that offense is going to run against one of the Super Bowl favorites and the team probably with the best continuity in terms of staff, personnel, quarterback, uh, and offense. So I, I can't wait for that matchup. Two sixty the Bucks, dollar fifty the Saints, minus three and a half there, Dicky. Uh, mine's the look. It's probably not a matchup, as in a huge matchup, but mine's going to be the Bills and the Jets. I think everyone has hyped up the Bills like massively, uh, and with a lot of the uh, opting out of the Patriots, they're probably back into favoritisms for that division. And and the Bills need to come out, make a stand in Week One, and put the cleaners through the Jets. So uh, I'm putting the heat there on the Bills. If they need to come out firing, uh, they need to show uh, everyone that they're sort of the the kingpin of that division now. 3.15, the New York Jets uh, at the Bills, $1.36 minus six there. Boys, I've, we've talked a lot about the New England Patriots over the last three months and the changes and obviously the people opting out. But uh, we've also talked a lot about the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tungvaluwa and whether he gets the start or not for the Miami Dolphins. So I just want to see whether this new Patriots without Tom Brady are going to still be able to roll through that division. So me first straight away. I, I just want to – I love – we all appreciate how good the Melbourne Storm have been and how they've been able to reinvent themselves when players have gone and the new players that step up. So I'm really interested to see how Bill Belichick goes in getting all those pieces to fit against the Miami Dolphins team that has spent a lot of money in free agency but also has maybe uh, one of the best quarterbacks or young quarterbacks coming up in the league. So 335, the Dolphins, $1.33, the New England Patriots, minus seven. Do you like that little wrap-up, Capes? I saw you smiling there. Loved it. Loved it. It'll be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, it definitely. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's, uh, chuck, that, let's chuck a poll up there. Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick to start? Week well, one. boys, uh, let's do the poll right here. I mean, Chad, this is he's had a virtual off-season here, a pre-season, beg your pardon, coming in. Do, do you throw the keys you know, to the mansion to Tua because he is such a high draft pick or do you wait for him to get his feet under and maybe read some defenses and, and sit behind Fitzmagic? Look, I think there's arguments for both, and I think they're both merited. And I think, you know, you you know what you're going to get from Fitzpatrick. You're going to probably get, you know, a, a lot of risk. He'll probably throw for bloody four touchdowns and four interceptions. Uh, you know what I mean? So, but you probably throw him in, and you, you set him up to fail. You you sort of let him take the pressure, and then you you bring in Tua. You know, once it, once the, the pressure's gone. Copes Tua or, or Fitzmagic. I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick because of the hip injury and the rehab that not a lot of people are speaking about because we haven't seen too much content. I think had we seen a normal training camp, we may well have seen a bit more than Tua's own video in his own home gym as the only stuff we've seen this off-season. He says he's right. Is he ready to step in the full playbook, run the show from day one? I think no chance. You know, even in a perfect world, in non-COVID scenarios in previous years, it's been tough for rookie QBs to do that. So I think we'll see him about round five or round six, personally. Nicky, just really quickly, you work in the development side of the Sydney Swans. When a kid comes from the bush that's got all the hype, obviously you want them to earn their, their way into the team. But, you know, two is such a high draft pick. that Can they afford to wait to round four or five? Like Their season might be gone. In a season where everyone's going to think that they can get the Patriots this year without Tom Brady and with all those guys opting out. The Bills, as you said, are yet to be proven with them being the favourites. Would you risk maybe getting him in there if Fitzmagic doesn't light up in the first two weeks? Uh, Look, I I don't think that they would consider themselves in the... Not a premiership window, but a championship window right at this very moment. So... If, if he was coming into a, a Swans in development, you have to then 
basically strip away where you, you draft him. That pressure and all that noise is going to come from outside. And as a coaching group and a development group, there's got to be fundamentals that you think that he can go out there and, and achieve. There's going to be what he brings to the table, which everyone has seen in college what he can do. But he then needs to adapt that to not only his new team, the Miami Dolphins, but to a new game, the NFL. The college game and the NFL game, yeah, it's the same thing. But look, there's a lot of differences. There's a lot more going on. So oh, I'm with Coves. Oh, I don't think that they'll, um, they'll push him. I don't think you'll see him again. I'm probably going to probably week nine or ten. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. We'll go to at Moving the Chains on Twitter to vote. Would you have Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, ahead of week one? Uh, boys, the other game that's the closest game, topsport.com, that you've got this game at a one-point pick. Seattle Seahawks, $1.80. A lot of talk about Russell Wilson. And, of course, Copes is trying to send our sponsors broke by getting him to the Super Bowl and him winning MVP. But the Atlanta Falcons... Are we sleeping on the Atlanta Falcons? Just quickly, I'll go around you know, a couple of words each. Are we sleeping on the Atlanta Falcons or uh, the Seattle Seahawks? Probably not as good as maybe what we think, Chad. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on the Falcons. Like, I, I've just, you know, th- I think Matt Ryan, he had a, a good year a few years ago when he won the MVP. And obviously that connection he's got with Julio, um, you know, is solid. And, you know, I, I don't think we'll know how much Todd Gurley is going to add to that offense because of the injury. He's got a one-year deal, so he's banking on himself. Um, but for me, I, I like the Seahawks. To me, I, I like their solid. I like Russell. I like their offense, their young offense. You know, uh, the, the addition of Jalen Ramsey in the offseason, you know, is, um, and I, I'm still, to be sure, I'm not 100% sure what if Jadavian Clowney has, you know, sorted out his future. But for me, I, I think it's the Seahawks. Tough division copes, but Seattle certainly look like they've got the right players if they can all click. Yeah, I think so too. And the the big thing that I look for in that matchup is both quarterbacks are experienced, both are elite in that group of can win any match on any day. Uh, The thing that I think stands out to me is the Seahawks defense. I think they're a much more well-rounded unit. They've got far more elite talent and certainly the Jamal Adams addition only helps that so look I think without a doubt there's talent offensively on both sides of the ball that could tear it up on any given day I think Calvin Ridley is one to watch out for as a breakout star this year he was exceptional last year uh, but he could well take over those reins from Julio in the next year or so so I'm, I'm excited about it and I think it's going to be a great matchup to watch but I think Seahawks all day Dicky or dollar eighty. That sounds nice. If you, if Copes is wrapping them up, uh, Dicky Julio Jones. Is he going to get the ball inside the the red zone? This <laughs> we mentioned that on a previous podcast. It'd be nice if Matt Ryan just threw it to eleven. Though. Is he being disrespected? Like this is the guy that has the numbers there and has made the catches and all that kind of stuff. But we don't mention him in that top echelon. Maybe not in the next one on this pod. Yeah. And that's probably because of his red zone uh, production. But if you don't get thrown the ball, it's hard to produce. Uh, you see sides, you, you saw um, the Houston, they threw it to Hopkins in the red zone. Just double coverage, whatever, just get it to, to your man. Devontae Adams at the pack, get it to him. Uh, Julio Jones, they just don't seem to, his targets in the red zone. Mike Evans, Mike Thomas, they throw it to him in the red zone because they catch the ball. Uh, it'd be a good idea that if uh, Matt Ryan would throw it to 11 in the red zone, uh, and if he drops it, so be it, but it's better than throwing it to someone else that's going to drop it. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. Make sure you keep an eye out for our... Uh, we've got our charity bets too, boys, uh, as the season starts to go, where we'll be picking the margins and trying to win a, a ton load of money for our charities. But, boys, let's keep it rolling here. Hard knocks, as Nick Davis said uh, in his little intro at the start there, is coming uh, to our screens. It starts this week. What NRL team, Chad, would you like to see do hard knocks and would it be received well in Australia? Oh, look, I would love to see the Melbourne Storm do hard knocks. I just think, you know... For me, being a, someone who's always looked from the outside into the Storm organisation, you know, that their coach who's had a long-standing successful career, the culture, you know, what type of things does that, you know, their coaching staff say to their players, you know, as, as they're preparing for games and in pre-season when they're building the foundations of their team. And to be honest, I'd, I'm not sure if it's going to be, if something like the Hard Knocks would be well-received in Australia. And, and I say that with, you know, with disappointment because I really feel that, you know, hard knocks and, and all of us, you know, we love the show and the access it brings, you know, in, in NFL training camp, but I just don't know if the players, you know, they really trust that side about, you know, of the media and allow that access. And I know that we've actually seen some NRL teams, you know, do little mini hard knocks um, before, which was well received, but um, it's something that I truly think that the NRL needs to get on top of moving forward. Copes, uh, NRL team or AFL team? I'll give you, mate, you're at absolutely everything. I mean, you probably want the curling. Like, your wife be able to do the, the netball a little bit. Super but, netball. Uh, well, who would you like to, to see in hard knocks? And, and obviously, we understand, you know, what Chad just said is right. I don't think the players would, um, the coaches wouldn't give that access because they'd be paranoid about what, what comes out. And, and that's why there's such a distance between media and players and coaches. But I don't think the players would give that access as well. But what NRL or AFL team would you like to see? Yeah, I'll go AFL. And I saw a little snippet of this this week. Um, Dickie, I reckon you would have seen it as well. Sammy Mitchell sitting with mm-hmm. um, James Warple, I reckon it was, doing video analysis. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the greats of the game on the inside, talking to... This young pup who's had two really good seasons last year in particular without Tom Mitchell next to him mm-hmm. was exceptional on the inside. So seeing that with the scope of the Hawthorne Footy mm-hmm. Club on a larger scale, I think could be a real success. Um, and maybe just one example of it was the test on Amazon, yeah. Um, yeah. who I, I don't know if all of you have seen it, but yeah. I mean, that was forever and a day the Australian cricket changing room has been this thing that's just been uh, looked at from afar everyone sees people walk out from there onto the field and idolize these players but no one's ever seen inside so it could really be a market in Australia that if it's embraced by clubs and players alike it can be a really powerful tool to help people fall in love with you again Uh, and certainly I think that players should be embracing it in this day and age. That's exactly right. Well said, Copes. What about you, Dickie? Yeah, I'd be Hawthorne. Given the fact that uh, where, they've, where they've been, I think um, it, it'd probably need to be a Melbourne club to start off with because my, my second choice is not from there. Uh, given the uh, Alistair Clarkson, the success he's had as a coach and the success they've had over decades of a club, Hawthorne, and where they're at at the moment about the rebuild. Um, so I'd like to see them. But, and another one, I'd like to see the Gold Coast. Um, knowing Stewie Jew, uh, the, the content from there would be uh, be really, really good. But in the point is that, uh, is it the brand? Is it the market? So maybe the first one, you know, a, a Melbourne team. Look, if it was a Collingwood, you'd get all the Collingwood people would be all over it. So they're probably an, another one as well. But Cope's point is, and Chad's as well, it's 
it's the players, not necessarily the media, but just the social media back. Like the, the players just won't do it. If people go out and wanted and watch the Raiders one, the stuff about Antonio Brown, it was like basically you're in camp. Like you saw his feet, you saw the like it's just the the gap between the media and and uh, players in in Australia compared to American sport is so far. But I, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, I would love the Roosters. Um, how they've yeah, that transformation when Trent Robinson comes in in twenty third. Ask me. Well. <laughs> Yeah, you, you tell it from your point of view and how you're the, the linchpin that holds that organisation together. The inside scoop. Hey, I'm not far off another comeback because I played more minutes than Max Bailey and he played first grade last year in nine, in last week in nine. So I'm not far away from another comeback. Max is a lot bigger than you would beat the shit out of you. Um, but having the conversations with Trent Robinson and the way that he's able to manage that group back-to-back, the, the last, I'm sure they're doing something behind the scenes, but the last two years, that cycle of week after week, getting the best out of your players, even preseason. Like, you know, Chad, you would know, Nick you know, and Copes, we all know. When you win, when you climb the mountain, you know, 99.9% of us look down and we start walking down. Trent Robinson has found a way to build on top of that mountain and keep going and get the best out of his players and create an environment that does not accept substandard behaviour from anyone at all in the organisation. And he, he coaches the footy, he does all the footy, and Nick Politis does all the rest of it. There's no mix in between, and there's a lot of organisations in Australia that uh, could take that message. All right, uh, Copes, you put this one in the WhatsApp group this week. Uh, you've got 35 seconds to talk about the Joey Bosa extension and Lamar Miller, uh, one-year deal with the Pats. Yeah, start with Lamar Miller. That's an extension. Uh, sorry, a one-year deal based off the fact that Sony Michelle is on the pup list at the moment in doubt whether he's going to be okay for round one. So I think that's purely insurance, uh, a nice backup there that could certainly run a three-down role if they need it uh, coming into that early phase of the season. Joe Bosa. I'll tell you what, Nick Bosa is going to get a healthy extension as well from the 49ers. Joey, I think it was in excess of $150 million. That is a lot of money, and he's certainly worth it. He certainly is worth it. Uh, the Bosa boys, if you haven't seen them, just Google them. They're absolute machines. All right, boys, it's starting a month out, but we're starting to get ready for our fantasy drafts, and we have a couple coming up very, very soon. Of course, fantasy football down under league. We've entered a couple of teams in that. I've got one this Sunday, but you're getting excited and starting getting uh, some strategic uh, formations about how you, who you're going to pick first in those couple of picks. Uh, Chad, but it's starting to get exciting now that we're starting to draft ahead. Of course, we'll launch our draft probably in the next two weeks, I reckon. We're just finding out some details there, but uh, we're going to be involved. Topsport.com.au are going to be involved in that. So, uh, But it's exciting. Fantasy football down under, they are the biggest uh, league in Australia, and it's exciting to be associated with those guys and how exciting they are. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's um, you know as we mentioned at the top of the show, there's one month until the season starts, and now's the time with with no preseason games. You know, we've got you know a month out to sort of organise these drafts, and I'm looking forward to this draft where we're all in this one together. But I've got a few other drafts, uh, a few other competitions that I'm in. The one with all uh, the Sharks boys and some of the ex Sharks players from 2016. We're all in a big one together, so I'm looking forward to that. And just to, to find out, you know, where you sit. Um, in each draft order, you know, is also a big sort of um, a big talking point because your your strategy changes from you know where you are where you're drafting. If you're one or you know if you're ten down towards the other the end of the scale, it's it's um, going to be a lot of fun. 
I'm going to come to you in a second, Copes, because you're the captain of this uh, first one for fantasy football down under. But Dickie, who's the one person that you love beating? Because you've had an undefeated season, as you keep thank reminding you. Oh, Thank you for, thank you for bringing that up. doesn't need you to introduce Thank that. you for bringing that up. <laughs> Finally, 14-0 uh, championship season versus Swans Boys. Who's the most famous person that you love beating? Mate, the most famous person that I love beating, and it was his job as head of football and list manager, I beat Tom Harley. Wow. It's his job to put a team together. <laughs> All right? It's his job to put the Swans team together, and I beat him at fantasy in his own job, and I let him know that all the time. And luckily, he still gives me a job. <laughs> Maybe not anymore. All right, <laughs> uh, let's get into this, mate. Fantasy football down under league. Of course, we give them plenty of reps. They are the biggest in Australia. Uh, we're in with the draft starts this week, but we're in a super flex league. Uh, we're pick number four. So just quickly explain what the hell a super flex league is. <laughs> and uh, number four, boys, we're going to go around and see who we would take uh, after Copes is finished with this. But what's a, what's a super flex league? Yeah, so it's a 12-team league. And so that means from one to 12 in the draft order, you're going down and you've got to fill out your roster of normally it's quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end and a flex spot. The flex being a wide receiver, tight end or a running back in the super flex league, you're allowed to have another quarterback in that slot. So the idea is that it brings up the value of quarterbacks who are the most important players on the field in NFL matches, um, which I think is a really good thing. So I mean, you see in normal drafts, like one I did last week, quarterbacks were going, you know, studs like Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson in after the 12th round. So the super flex adds that element of the best. You take them in the first round, really. If, if they're the top of the tree, and I'll talk about that in a little bit after you guys tell me who we should be taking at pick four, but uh, there's certainly a couple of guys that should be in the mix. All right, I'm going to go first. Uh, I think McCaffrey won't be there. Saquon won't be there. I reckon if Ezekiel Elliott's there at number four, we go him. Chad, who are you going? I'll take Alvin Kamara. Vicky? I take Julio. Wow, interesting. So, super Is this a dictatorship or a democracy? This? No, well, just let me tell you <laughs> of average draft position in a super flex league, McCaffrey one, Pat Mahomes two, Saquon three and your Ravens man, the M- reigning MVP at big, four. Big so, tr- is that big trust? Lamar, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so look, they're, they're the two guys that offer the biggest differential at, at running back and then the two biggest at quarterback. So uh, look, that'd be where my pick would go, one of those four guys personally. Okay, boys, uh, I've got one on Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Now, we've paid to be in this one. It's a bit heavy hitters. I'll tell you what, 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> what, what are we going to win, Sally? How much can we well, win? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just still trying to work out what to do. But uh, it's, it's very, very hard. But I want to put this on the at moving the chains because I get one person who can um, co-manage with me and help me out. So who do you want to see co-manage this team with uh, Sally? <laughs> do you want to see Chad? Uh, Nick Davis or Trent Copeland. Now, boys, you've got to be available at 3 o'clock on Sunday because, um, you know, from, from all the notes that I've taken uh, from Copes this year, I may take the Pats' defense first. Like, I'm... <laughs> 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 
But, uh, yeah, so put that up on the poll and uh, we'll have a bit of fun on Sunday. Uh, just to finish up here, boys, we've got a, a fan question here from Aiden Thomas on, uh, of course, on our Twitter change, uh, at Moving the Chains NFL. What team from the playoffs last year uh, won't be there this year? And, and what team that made the playoffs didn't make it last year? Does that make sense, Chad? Jeez. Put me on the spot here, Sally. Well, th- well, I think we answered this question earlier in the year, boys. Like, um, is, is yeah. Pittsburgh, like, did Pittsburgh bounce back in that tough division? They won't be the, the number one seed there. The Ravens should take care of business. But um, I think, Cope, from memory, you said the Arizona Cardinals might jump up out of that division. Uh, they've made some astute purchases as well. Uh, Nick Davis continued to, to preach about the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> and we all giggled at him. So, or the Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you. Part. But uh, we, we have answered this question before, but have we given it any more thought now that, now that the COVID break has sort of taken place, that we're starting to get some odds, we're starting to get some people moving in, we're a month away. Have our thoughts changed about those teams that can maybe jump up? I, I, I like. I think the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys can yeah. make the playoffs yeah. this Pretty season. Fun. Obviously, after a disappointing you know couple of years, and after I think you know Zeke and um, Dak came on the scene and they had you know outstanding rookie seasons. Um, and I've probably, you know, under underperformed the last year or two, and I really feel like, you know, they're in line to really jump up this season. What about you, Copes? Yeah, I think the ones that really jump out at me are the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, outside of the Cowboys that um, Chad's talking about, they're the two teams that, for me, I think can really, if things break right for them, like if Phil Rivers finds a connection with you know, his receiving group and Jonathan Taylor comes in and is as good as everyone thinks he's going to be. I mean, if you haven't seen the photos, Google Jonathan Taylor off season. <laughs> he looks like, he looks like the incredible Hulk. Oh. What about Aaron uh, Donald? Seriously. Yeah, honestly, these blokes. So, yeah, look, they're the two teams for me that I think can maybe shake it up if things fall right for them. Dickie? Uh, yeah, I think we said earlier I was um, I was a Raiders, but I think the Cowboys as well. I think the Cowboys, uh, but are they just the perennial? Are they the West Tigers of the, the end? They're just everyone thinks they're going to be the ones that are going to jump in every year, and uh, and they can't get it done. So I think um, it's a big year for Dak. He's come one out, so he needs to um, he needs to get it done. He needs to make the playoffs, or they will just ta-ta. Yeah, that's exactly right. I agree. I think the Cowboys as well. All right, boys, that's it. Uh, make sure you tag us in all your questions every week at Moving Chains NFL on Twitter. And, of course, you can get all of us. And we'll keep you up to date with what picks we have. Don't forget, who's going to help me on Sunday? And I need a lot of help. Is it going to be Chad, Nick, or Trent Copeland at 3 o'clock on Sunday for Fantasy Football Down Under, the best drafting league in Australia? Make sure you look after yourselves and take it easy.